This is Locked On Chiefs. It's a fun week. It's the last week. You're going to have to listen to us talk about things that might happen because we will have news for you by this time next week. We're going to go over what keystones are for this team. We have a number of players we're going to discuss today. We're going to define what has to happen for this team and for these players in particular in order for the Kansas City Chiefs to be successful in 2021. We're going to get knee-deep into it coming up next on Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Hey, hey, all right. Ooh, I can feel it coming. Things can you feel it all? It's almost here. Yeah, yeah. They're cutting the grass. Couple days away. In St. Joe right now. I, I'm pretty sure. Yep. It's I mean, going to be fun. I, I, you know, you look at training camp this year, and after not being able to go next year or last year, I do think that this is going to be a very big crowd for camp. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Like, the, the waiting – I think is going to light everybody up and they're going to need cars to get there. And folks, we are brought to you today by rock auto. Check them out. Everything that you'll ever need for your car at rockauto.com. I'll tell you more about them coming up a little bit later. The concept of, of this conversation, what we're going to do uh, here over the next couple of days is who are the chiefs keystones? Who are the players that obviously besides uh, PM 15, uh, Mr. All-Star that have to have successful seasons in order to, keep propelling the team forward to have a successful season. I think there are some positions that we've seen that not only do the Chiefs feel that maybe they can slide by on not huge investments in talent, stay young, the cornerback group comes to mind. You got some plus performance out of LeJerry Sneed, and I think Rashad Fenton's been on the plus side from where he was drafted as well. Um, So I'm not going to include those. We're we're not going to include Patrick because everything flows through Patrick. But who are the other players on this roster? that have to be the keystones that can keep the team moving forward, whether that's avoiding injury, whether that's not regressing on performance we've seen from them from the past, or whether it's possibly even taking a step forward. I think that's what it comes down to, a core group of players that can keep the momentum going forward. Yeah, and there's definitely going to be a key core group of players on this team that have to be available and have to be uh, big leaders on this team going forward. And, you know, we're going to get into a couple of the offensive linemen tomorrow but we have a couple of the defensive guys today. Yeah, this it comes down that we start on defense that just doesn't surprise me. Well, we talked a lot of offensive line yesterday and you know, we, there's going to be guys all over, right? And I, I think probably in an, uh, an Andy Reid coach team, it's always likely that there's probably more guys on the offensive side because yeah. Reid and staff put an emphasis specifically on scoring more points than your opponent. And thinking in that mentality, not limiting your opponent. Nobody walks it out of that tunnel on Sundays and says, we're going to keep them to 17 points and that's how we're going to win. You know, no, it's, hey, can we put a 40 today? That's, that's the question coming out of that tunnel every week. Yep. Yeah. And that's definitely something that Kansas City tries to do every single week is score as much as possible to an extent, though, because we have to also back off the fact that Andy doesn't like to put his foot on somebody's throat. Mm-hmm. True. Um, someday I'd love to see that change, but, uh, I, I have given up, I've passed out from holding my breath this long. Oh, I can't imagine it's going to change. Uh, you know, the one thing and of all the times that I would have thought Andy Reed would have figured that specific thing out, his first playoff loss against Indy, 
is a great example of how he could have learned and figured out that he can't just coast. Yeah. But he didn't learn from it. And it doesn't look like he's, he's changed in the several years since. And honestly, can he still change? Yes. Uh, I would think that honestly, I'm sure Patrick would like it to change as well. He'll never say it publicly, but I would imagine Mahomes would like that to change as well because you know he wants to go, he wants to be cerebral, he wants to you know challenge for all the different uh, you know records in the NFL in his career. I guarantee it. That's just the type mm-hmm. of person he is, and it's not about him personally. It's about he knows that if he does challenge for all those records, where his team's going to be. Yeah. And, and that's what it comes down to. Leave, leave no doubt. You can argue about a lot of things about what Bill Belichick has done in his career, but when he's able to, he does not leave any doubt so that things like Indianapolis don't happen. Right. And so that game in particular, um, man, the vision of Andrew Luck doing what he did that day, come back to what we're going to talk about today, and that is the defensive side of the ball. There are a couple of things that have to stand up and that have to weather the new 17-game format and be productive in order for this team to be successful. And they start with Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones. We're going to talk about both of them today. Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at that specific game and that specific play that you're referring to with Andrew Luck, and it made me absolutely sick to my stomach. But it got us where we are now. True. So, you know, it is what it is, and you live, you learn, and you move on. And Kansas City has definitely moved on. They're in a much better pl- place than they ever were then. And honestly, I think you and I could agree, as long as Mahomes stays healthy and Kansas City is able to re-up talent around him, there's no reason to think that they can't win 13 games a year most years for the next 10 years. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfectly fair assessment. <clears throat> I probably would have put – I'd take the over on that to tell you the truth. But, so if I said 13 and a half, you, you take the over. And I, I'm talking regular season. I'm not talking playoffs. Right. A regular 17-game season, right? Until they yeah. spend 18, then I might change that. But but yeah, I'd take that action, and I'd probably put it over on betonline.ag because they have all these kind of weird props that maybe we can look into the future for. Baseball, basketball, UFC. Yeah, just don't even get me started about UFC right now. Um, look at you just diving right in. I, I got to try and hit it while I can say it right. So betonline.ag is the, where you want to go for all of that, for sporting news, the sign-up bonuses that they offer, and all the contest information itself. Don't sit on the sidelines. This is your chance to get in the game. Head over there now and use that uh, promo code LOCKDOWN to get your 50% bonus on top of whatever you deposit. So you put $100 in, they give you a $50 bonus on top of that over at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay. It's a toss-up, I think, between these two guys. Um, but let's start with... I don't I think, think it is, actually. You don't? Okay. No. Talk to me. I don't think it's a toss-up. I think that Tyron Matthew is not... And I I have to be careful how I say this, but I don't think Tyron Matthew plays as big of a role on this defense as Chris Jones will this season. Wow, okay. <clears throat> That's interesting. And me. it's not trying to take anything away, anything away from Tyron. Mm-hmm. It's, to me... They have people behind him that can step in and at least play somewhat of his role and still be productive. With Chris Jones and the Frank Clark situation that's going on, mm-hmm. I don't know that you can really say that. I mean, that part of it's true. I will say this, though. Tyron Matthew is a force multiplier. He makes I, the other five DBs mm-hmm. better. No, and I absolutely agree with that, and I am not trying to take anything away from him. I'm just saying 
that Chris Jones and Chris Jones moving to the DN position, if he doesn't have a good year, especially if Frank Clark is gone, that is going to be a recipe for disaster for Kansas City. Yeah, that's probably true. So let's talk about Chris first then. So we know that he's been repping in practice out at end. How do you feel about where he's going to line up when it all comes said and done, say, after the regular season? Percentage-wise, where do you think he plays the most? I still think he ends up at the end the most, especially with Jerron Reed in Kansas City now. I think that that's going to help that situation. So I do think he's probably going to be 65% plus yeah. at the end. Uh, and I do think – and honestly, I guess I will caveat that with he's going to line up at the end. 65% of the time. Not necessarily he's going to rush as a D in 65% of the time because you're going to have twists and stunts, and I think that they're going to use that, and they'll use that effectively with Chris Jones and whoever the other end is as well. Especially if it's Tershawn Warden, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so we'll, we'll put it at 65 as the line, so you're going to take the over there. I would have agreed with you until this thing with Frank. I just don't know what the league's going to do. I find right now, as we're waiting for that kind of, like, shoe to fall whether it's the other charge or whether it's the nfl stepping in making decision like i I just can't judge what the nfl is going to do about it and so my guess is that if something does happen in terms of suspension that that that's going to put chris a little bit more back at tackle to try and lock down the interior and let the young guys rush from the outside because i think the rotation behind and uh at the second and third strings i think is enough that you're going to have to explore that maybe it's enough to lock down one side with chris jones do you think that that is enough that you, in that case, if Frank is not on the field, that you want to leave Chris at end and just lock that down? I think you have to. And, mm. and the reason I say that is because you're trying to get your best players on the field. And I still think Derek Naughty and Jerron Reed are going to be your best players on the field other than Chris Jones okay. in that scenario. And in my opinion, I think that you put those three guys on the field on a regular basis. And I, I do think Derek Naughty is that good. I think he's a very good player that doesn't get enough credit and is going to be somebody that Kansas City will miss if they don't re-sign him. So I'm hoping they get a deal done with him to extend him and keep him in Kansas City long-term. Yeah, and, and what I liked about that is that he is like, he's the lunchbox workman kind of like. Absolutely. Come do his job thing. I don't think he's going to break the bank. And that's because his prowess against the run is, is better than his pass rush prowess right now. Yep. Um, I think he flashes nicely from time to time. Can they get that more consistently? Wrap him up now on an extension if you think you can get that from him so that you don't end up raising his roof artificially. But I agree with you. I think that all sets the standard for allow Chris to be out at the edge. And if he is at the edge, the majority, like you said, if he's out there plus 65. And the other side of that, I just want to say real quick, the other side of that is you also have Tashawn Wharton. You also have Colin Saunders. All -hmm. those guys can play defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. Right now, besides Frank Clark, Taco Charlton, okay, uh, Mike Dana, Kando, uh, Tim Ward, if he's even on the team, who are you going to put out there that you think is going to be a better defensive end uh, than Chris Jones? To me, nobody. And mm-hmm. I think that you're probably better off at defensive tackle than you are at defensive end. And I don't see a reason to take some of your better players on your defensive line off the field to keep Chris Jones at his, at his position that he's been playing at defensive tackle. Okay. And I completely agree with you. I think he's clearly with Frank Clark on the if he is on the sideline. Chris Jones is your best defensive end. Um, interesting that Taco Charlton was a little bit squawky over the weekend. You know, putting out some things on social media that he's got something new. I hope so. I thought his cross chop was great last year, and I thought he was the most productive in terms of per snap basis. 
Let's yeah. see if he can take a step forward and stay healthy, and then maybe we get something out of him. That's the, that's the big key. He's got to stay healthy. So that brings me back to Chris. So if Chris is out there, like you said, 65% plus, what kind of season does he have to have in terms of sacks and pressures in order for this team to be successful and him be the force in that front four that they need? You know, honestly, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be hard to really quantify that because it's a question of who's he got on the other side of him. And that's really the quandary that the Chiefs have had with Frank Clark for the past couple of years is people want to say Clark hasn't been productive and from a pressure standpoint and a sack standpoint, I get it, but he also hasn't really had somebody to help him either. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of been by himself in a regard when it comes to outside pressure. Jones has been forced on the inside. Wharton last year was forced on the inside as well. So to me, I think, you know, you would hope 10, 12 sacks would be a good, would be a good year for Chris Jones. I would like him to get even more, but it's really going to depend on can the interior get pressure or is there anybody on the other side of Jones that they can actually commit command a double team or, you know, maybe get a double team every once in a while to give Jones a single, mm-hmm. you know, how's that going to work out? And is Jerron Reed going to step in and, and cause them to double team him, which may give Chris Jones some more snaps that he can rush free. But the bigger question, and sorry, last thing, bigger question for me is how's his speed from the outside? Mm-hmm. Because he's always been very fast to beat the guards, but guards are on a different level than, the offensive tackles the offensive tackles are a step above so how is that going to play into this role i i completely agree with you um and i will put a a number on it he's got to be a double digit sack guy and i need 60 pressures from him period it doesn't matter where they come from i don't care if they're from the edge the speed does play into it you're absolutely right and i know that everybody says the right tackle and left tackle thing is not a thing anymore except there's still a tendency generally that left tackles are a little bit more athletic Yep. So if Frank is out, does Chris flip over and play from that right-hand side where he's playing against the left tackle? I think that's a disservice to him and may actually limit him in terms of being able to close that gap with enough speed to actually make it work. So I want to see him on the right-hand side. And I would agree with that. Well, okay, so the office is right-hand side. Yeah, yeah. So the left-hand side of the defense. So I'm with you on that. The problem with that is, is you're also sitting in a situation where if you're doing that, you're generally also going to be double-teamed with a tight end. Because mm-hmm. a lot of teams will put a tight end over the right tackle, and that's how you know it works. So, you know, you know, I agree with you. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch how he ends up playing out there this year. And I'm hoping that they don't have to do it without Frank Clark. Because if they don't, they're going to be in a much better position than if than if he's not around. Uh, because honestly, they have to go find another pass rusher somewhere if Frank Clark's not going to be in Kansas City this year. Yeah, and even if Frank is. <clears throat> We don't know whether this is a further distraction or if he's even healthy enough after we saw what happened last season to be productive. So it's got even more emphasis on Chris Jones being productive. Maybe I'd need to make that 65 pressures is my goal for him because I think I think it's going to fall more on Chris Jones than it is on Frank Clark, regardless of what happens with Frank Clark. Yep, but I can see that. There's a lot of bits and pieces that go into this, and the one on the backside is Tyron Matthew. We're going to talk about him and the parts that I need for my truck that's still not repaired from that little dumb thing that I did over a couple of weekends ago. Um, 
it's all over rockauto.com. It's where I'm going to get all the parts. I'm waiting for one to come in, and then I'm going to get it over here. 50%, 100% less. You know, they have backup cameras that help with that kind of thing. The backup camera is the thing that I broke. So, um, yeah. I don't care how the tailgate looks. I can handle that snap, but now the camera itself, the lens is busted. So, yeah. You might want to get that looked at. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Believe me, I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to get it from rockauto.com. I'll be here hopefully soon, knock on wood. Um, they're a family business. They've been doing it for 20 years, and they help people like me who do some things that are questionable with parts of their vehicles um, and need those parts to be replaced. And it doesn't matter whether you're a pro or you're somebody like me that needs to fix their own mistakes. You can go over there and you can get what you need for your vehicle, regardless of make, model, or style. So get in there. Go to rockauto.com right now. Get all the parts that you need in that list. Get them in your your bucket and get them sent to you. You can use the code Locked On to tell them that we sent you over there in their How Did You Hear About Us box. And you get amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car or truck is ever going to need. Head to rockauto.com. I just real quick have to say I love how you make it clear that you're not a professional. But anyway. No one would ever confuse uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those that I get a kit to do a repair on something on my truck and there's parts left over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. Yeah. And I, that doesn't surprise me at all whatsoever. Uh, that would not be the skill set that I would expect for you to have. So. Anyway, let's talk about Tyron Matthew. I, I and again, I want to specify this from earlier. I'm not trying to take anything away from Tyron. I just think that it's such a huge deal that we don't know about Frank Clark. And honestly, it's not even injury related at this point. Obviously, with the arrests and stuff, it, he may not. I would think he'll be available, but he may. For all we know, he could be in jail. I I just don't know what to make of it. Yeah. I mean, that may, that makes me react in the opposite way, though. For me, that m- puts more emphasis on what Tyron does because not only does he need to stay healthy down, <clears throat> but if there's less pass rush, he has to help make sure that the other four or most, probably approaching 40% of the time, the other five DBs that are on the field yeah. at the time are not only carrying out their assignments, but are able to adapt to what they're going through because it's not just about being assignment sound. It's about actually making plays, and I think that's something that, Tyron has, although he'll tell you that he probably hasn't come away with the ball enough. He's dropped, what, six or seven interceptions over the last two seasons? He's usually pretty hard on himself. He's got to convert those. There's no way around it. There's not as much. But I love that he's hard on himself. Right. I mean, that's what what the the greats do. He's got to come down with those. And I think his presence and his ability to make plays, if and when he does that, I think that helps the other five guys out there. And I am talking about Dan Sorensen and Juan Thornhill and clearly the the, the corners themselves. If it becomes contagious sometimes. And I think he and Sneed are the guys that have to start it, but they got to get everybody involved. Juan Thornhill has to have more interceptions and definitely more PBUs at a, a very minimum. Rashad Fenton has had a knack from time to time. Everybody's got to put it together this year to make up for what may be lacking in the pass rush. No, and I agree with that. I, I do think that Thornhill is going to take a big step forward this season. I fully expect that mainly because – I think he'll be fully, finally fully healthy. Uh, you saw him start coming on at the end of last season, and to me, I think that that's something to be very excited about is if you have a healthy one Thornhill and a healthy Tyron Matthew, that is a safety team that you're going to absolutely love, and they're going to have a lot of fun, and they're going to create a lot of havoc for, havoc for offenses. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. going to give you a lot of things that, that you can do as a defense to defend a lot of different things. And they're going to see a lot of different things. I think 
the league itself, we've seen what the AFC West is doing in terms of stocking up on speed weapons to try to attack the defense, try to keep up with the Chiefs offense, right? Well, I think the creativity side on the offensive coordinators they're going to be facing the Chiefs defense is growing as well because they have to keep adding new wrinkles to try and combat what Spags is doing. And I think that puts a little pressure on Matthew as being Spags' kind of voice on the field. There is a point coming that I, I think several knowledgeable people around the NFL are pointing to maybe the captains, the green dots, start becoming the safeties because it's so coverage first. The only problem with that is right now, I think you need more help in alignment. I think you need more help up front than you do. That When Tyron's you know, 15 yards deep, he can't really affect the front. He can't make shifts in that kind of thing. I know he's allowed to do it. He's not that allowed, especially right. in a stadium full of people. So for me, it's about managing what he manages and putting all those other guys in, in position to help him be loose enough to make the plays. And then I think more and more turnovers, PBUs, et cetera, big plays will come off of that after it started. Yeah, he's got a huge role this season. And before I get into anything else on him, here's to hoping that Kansas City has him locked up long-term before he reports to camp. Yes. I'm still hoping that that's going to happen before camp starts, for Tyron at least. I'm not expecting it necessarily to happen before Friday, but you would hope it would happen before he actually has to report to camp. Yeah. Uh, it could happen tomorrow. It could It could have happened in the 12 or 24 hours since we recorded this, and now you're listening to it. So yep. <laughs> keep that out there as well. But I, I agree with you. I do think that that's coming. It, it's going to be here soon. <clears throat> and I, it, I think everything that we've talked about today only emphasizes that even more so. That, okay, he wants to be the highest paid safety. I think he'll leave a little bit on the table. But at that point, I'm good with it because of everything that we just talked about and his effect on the, on the group, the unit as a whole on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and his effect on the entire defense is huge, and that cannot be understated at all whatsoever. So I do think that that's a key in this season is he has to be healthy. He has to be his normal self. And if he does that, this defense is going to be – honestly, I think this defense has the talent uh, outside of pass rush to take it up another notch from where they were last year. Pass rush is really going to determine what this unit does as a whole, in my opinion. And that's a big question mark because, like we've already talked about, we don't know what's going to happen with Frank Clark. And the other thing with Frank Clark is he hasn't been what you would want. If you could get Jones and Clark to both be double-digit sack guys, this defense takes two or three steps up. Yeah. Two or three steps up. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that that doubling builds upon itself and gives you the ability. I mean, right, right now, go ahead. <laughs> right now we could see them. If all that comes to pass a top 10 defense, if not, easily. you got to hope that they make the middle tier in the, the 16 to 20 range. Right. Easily. And I would say that if Jones and Clark are both double digits, that guys, it would not shock me to have Reed have five or six mm-hmm. and Wharton have five or six. Mm-hmm. So, and who knows who else is going to have multiple other sacks. But the bigger question is, is how that all plays out. If the pass rush can get there with just the four, front four, then that allows you to do a whole bunch of different things with your DBs and your, you know, the back seven. So that's a huge key. But something that Spagnuolo has done a lot in the first two years he's been in Kansas City is sending DBs after the quarterback. Is that going to change this year, especially if Frank Clark isn't available? If he isn't, Willie Gay, you're up. He's got the speed to attack. He's got the power to take on guards. Uh, is he ready for it? 
That's, that's the question. That's the question. Yep. Right. And that's that was the question. That's the reason he didn't play last year is honestly he wasn't ready. You saw that in the snaps he had. He just mm-hmm. wasn't quite there. And I'm not trying to get anything away from him because he had a good season for a rookie and especially for what he had to deal with as a rookie. But he needs to be able to take that next step forward and he needs to be able to use his speed to his advantage on this defense. If he can do that, that sets Kansas City up to have a very good defense. Yeah. That's what it's what it's going to come down to. And, and we're not stacking these keystones as offense versus defense. That's just the way that it came down as we got to rolling here today. Tomorrow we're going to be back with two of the keystones on the offensive side. And then we're going to mix it up for Friday as well. Don't miss Mac Derek later in the week on Thursday. Uh, make sure if you guys have a comment or you, or you think we missed something, hit us at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter. Put it in the iTunes reviews. Hit the five stars so we make sure that we find it. And we will try to address that as well. And you can always leave the comments at YouTube, like, and sub over there. We are simulcast on all the platforms everywhere now. You won't be able to get away from us any longer. I hope that you guys are having a good day. Have a great week, and we will be back with you tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.